The Heat were facing the Bucks on Monday night and were on the verge of a blowout until Tyler Hero and a group of reserve players fueled a furious comeback in the fourth quarter, but the effort fell just short as Miami drops to 1-3 and three on the season. Is something wrong with Jimmy Butler? We break down the game and answer your questions of today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always, David Ramil. However you're tuning in, YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Recording this Monday night after the Heat lost to the Bucks, 122 to 114. They were down by as many as 25 points, but outscored Milwaukee. 41 to 25 in the fourth quarter and cut the deficit to within six in the final 30 seconds. It was the second unit that made that run. No Bam Adebayo at all tonight with a hip contusion. He obviously ultimately lost too little too late. We're going to hand out some blame pie and get to what's going on with Jimmy Butler later in the show. But David, what was your biggest takeaway from the game? I think it was just Jimmy playing lackluster basketball. And I know we've kind of given him a lot of slack based on, the fact that, you know, he missed all the preseason, wasn't really engaged in the assumption, I think, from us and most of Heat fandom was that he would be able to just be at least a much more effective version of himself than what we've seen through a handful of games. He's, he missed a game, obviously, against the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday and the second night of a back-to-back, but he still looks very rusty. I wouldn't go so far as to say disinterested, although that might be as good a descriptor as any. He just does not seem fully engaged. He doesn't seem like he's at 100%. Clearly, again, still rusty and just looked a little off for most of the game. And with that first unit out there, they just, I don't know, they didn't seem to have the same kind of energy and passion. Maybe it was the fact that, you know, Bam makes up for so many of their defensive mistakes that he cleans up so much of what we see there, especially early in the game. But without Bam, it just, they didn't seem to have much life to them. And I think they were Mm. perfectly content to just kind of take the loss, go home and get it over with and move on from that. Uh, Luckily, Miami's reserves and Tyler put up a pretty good fight. So it was a, you know, an okay game, but unfortunately an underwhelming loss for Miami. I don't know that it was an okay game. I actually wanted to bang my head against the wall for three quarters. It was, uh, <laughs> there are times where this job doesn't, most of the time this doesn't feel like a job, David. I love just watching the Miami heat, talking about the Miami heat stuff. There are nights where it, it <laughs> feels done. like a job. And I didn't, we usually don't get those nights until like January, the fact that it's the fourth game of the season isn't awesome. Um, but I, I want to touch on the Jimmy Butler thing a little bit there, too. He is 13 of 40 overall from the field to start the season. 32.5% shooting to start the season. That's bad. I don't know what it is. I, I If it's disinterested, that to me is a problem. I don't think it's... Sure. Look, I think there might be some rust. He didn't play at all in the preseason. But it's not like there's an injury that he's dealing with either, right? He missed the preseason because of dental work. All right. Like the dude was seeing an orthodontist. Okay. It's not like this guy was dealing with a hamstring issue and, and he missed the game in Minnesota for rest. So he's never actually had a real injury listed when he's missing these games, preseason or regular season. If it's disinterested, that's a problem. Like it's, I understand that it's not, 
April, May, June. And Jimmy Butler only cares about April, May, and June. I get it. But you know what? That's not fair to his teammates who are out here caring in October, November, and December. And frankly, I have a problem with it. And and I think it's a little arrogant. If if that's what it is, I'm not I'm not saying, I'm not claiming that it is disinterested. Maybe it is just rust because he didn't play in the preseason. And I do think it's probably more of the latter because he he owes it to his teammates to be better than disinterested. That's not fair. And by the way, he can't afford for Jimmy Butler to be disinterested. We all talk about, oh, AC made it all the NBA finals. They've proved that the regular season didn't matter. They almost didn't make the play the playoffs altogether. They were one fourth quarter comeback away in the playing tournament to the Chicago Bulls from missing the playoffs altogether and not even getting a chance to upset these Milwaukee Bucks in the first round last year. All right, so I don't even want to hear that. He needs more. He should be interested. And and the Heat have the Heat have a problem if this is the Jimmy Butler that they're playing with right now. Yeah, that's fair. I I don't know. Like I I'm inclined to give him a pass just based on everything that we've seen before. But you're right. It, it's not enough to just say, well, we expect Jimmy to be great in the playoff games when it matters because there is a very long process to get to that point and i'm sure eric spolster wouldn't be happy with that attitude i again i think i'm overstating i think we're both overstating things in terms of like whether or not it's disinterest he does look a little off i, I don't do think, think he rough. wants to be yeah i think it's rust I, I don't think he wants to go out there necessarily and just murder teams the way that he does during the playoffs and i think that's part of it too is that he needs There's a difference between murder and missing all of your shots can we just get like an assault like, can we just get like a this like a, a misdemeanor kind of game from Jimmy Butler? We don't need full like serial killer on Halloween, Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Like, just something oh, here. A little bit of life would be something here. Um, but again, maybe it was just. But it's also yeah, it's, yeah, that yeah, resulted it's, in this rustiness, and that's sure. not fair either. No, it's absolutely not. I mean, there are guys that are fighting for their NBA lives during yeah. the preseason. So those games do matter as much as we complain about ugly basketball and stuff like that. There is a significant factor for a lot of players involved in that process for Jimmy. It's like, well, I already know who I am. I'm getting paid, mm. whatever. It's, it's, it's kind of moot to talk about because the game's over and I don't know what version of Jimmy will get moving forward. My expectation is that at some point he'll flip the switch because well, that's generally who Jimmy Butler's been over the course of his career. I sure. don't think he's aged. I don't think he's slowing down just yet from everything we've heard during camp when he was playing at, I guess, as close to full seam as you could possibly get. He was as engaged as ever. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm sure that's probably more close to the norm than what we've seen over the three games in which he's played. But that starting lineup was also just ripe with disaster. You know, you had Kevin Love starting. Obviously, he's taken a step back. Thomas Bryant looked like he was engaged really early on, put up a hell of a lot of shots. and was Miami's main scorer early on. And then you kind of see, oh, yeah, the defensive issues that have been a problem throughout his career. Uh, you know, Kyle was pretty okay. I think he was putting up some shots. He was having some nice defensive possessions, making some plays, pushing the pace and things of that sort, but sure. not nearly enough at this stage in his career. So it was really like Tyler and not much else out there as far as the starting lineup is concerned and not until the, the uh, bench players came in and kind of wanted to inject a new life and yeah. rewrite the game to an extent to just take on any life at all because it was just really ugly for about three quarters, as you said.
Yeah, the fourth quarter comeback was basically Tyler Hero, Josh Richardson, Jaime Jaquez, Nikola Jovic, Duncan Robinson, Orlando Robinson. Like that, five of those six guys were on the court um, in that fourth quarter. No Jimmy Butler to even end the game. Spo just said, you know what? If you're disinterested, I'm disinterested in playing you. 28 minutes. That's how many minutes Jimmy Butler got tonight after not playing Saturday night in Minnesota. So if he's not well-rested for Wednesday's home game against the Wizards, then I don't know what to tell you. But we are going to talk about Jimmy Butler a little bit uh, more later in the show. One thing you mentioned was the ugliness, and that's what stood out to me, man. Like, this was just ugly, ugly basketball uh, from the Miami Heat. And it's, again, I don't want to make too much of one game here because the Milwaukee Bucks are very good. Damian Lillard and Giannis had efficient nights. They were, The Heat were obviously without Bam Adebayo, which matters, and, and also no Caleb Martin, no Haywood Highsmith. Like, a lot of uh, rotation players were out. But this is sort of a trend for this offense now. I mean, this... We were talking going into this season, David, like, can the offense be better than it was last year? Can the three-point shooting just kind of be a little bit better, closer to expectations and all these things? And maybe that lift will turn them into just a top 20 unit, a top 18 unit, an average unit, not one of the bottom five units in the league. Well, they've actually been worse. They've been worse <laughs> than they what they were last year. Uh, they've, uh, they've got an offensive rating going into this game of 104.1. They were at 112.3 last year. Small sample, but still not a great trend. Uh, and that offense rating is going to come down after this game. Their pace at 97.8, one of the lowest in the league, and I think that's going to come down after this game. 8.6% of their points come in the mid-range, which is a lot and higher. 7.4% of their points in the mid were in the mid-range last year. This team is like allergic to shots at the basket or from three-point range. 31 three-point attempts per game this year, this year on average coming into this game. They took 34 tonight only because they had to in the fourth quarter to just try to get back into this thing. If it was up to them, they would have taken less than 30 tonight. Uh, they averaged 34.8 attempts from three-point range last year. So all those markers that we look at in terms of judging efficient offense and just like aesthetically pleasing offense, like fun <laughs> basketball, is they're, all the markers are down. Um, and so I think we have a problem uh, going on, and it's something that the Heat need to figure a way out to uh, correct. But we're going to hand out some blame pie coming up. In the next segment, first, David, tell listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL and NBA season with the FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if you're t- even if your team wins. If your team wins, excuse me. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and NBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. David, before we get to Blame Pie, there was a large portion of this game where I really didn't care about what was going on uh it was boring it was bad basketball it was ugly every single one of these shots were just dribbled into two-point contested shots uh Tyler Hero was the only one doing anything with any sort of efficiency he was 30 had 35 points on 12 of 21 shooting got to the line nine uh, or 10 times made nine of those free throws he was great tonight and he was the only positive if we're really taking away any positives from tonight's game but uh, I did come up during the course of this ugly basketball game with five things that I'd rather watch than the Miami Heat play basketball. Are you ready? My top five things I would rather do than watch the Heat's offense. Are you ready for my list? Sure. Are we starting at number five? 
Number five being the thing that I would most want to not do, or, or most please. want to do. Yes, sure. Number one is the worst thing. Number five is the least worst thing. All right, number one, read Britney Spears's new memoir. Oh, sounds exciting. I'm sure More exciting than the Heat's offense. <laughs> number two, watch all of the episodes of Jada Pinkett Smith's talk show in one sitting. I have no interest in had a talk show. Yeah, yeah. The Red Table on Facebook or something. It's where she unloads all her dirty laundry on Will Smith, and I have no interest in watching it. But That's what marriage is all if about. If I could do that, if I could do that instead of watching the first three quarters of this heat offense, I would have done it. Uh, number three, listen to all of Imagine Dragons' discography in one sitting. Mm, not a big Over fan, the- huh? I can't stand them. Just pure, just just calculated Excel paint by numbers music. Just terrible. They're no Green Day. That's for sure. That's that's absolutely right. New song coming out two weeks ago, and then uh, another one this Friday. Looking forward to that. Uh, number four. Number two. Eat one of those pieces of candy with a razor blade in it. It is Halloween. That's uh, what we're all been told our whole lives. Every piece of candy has a piece of some sharp metal object of some kind, poison perhaps, anthrax. If you, you gave me a if you gave me a Reese's peanut butter cup and promised me there was a razor blade in it and you said eat this or watch the Heat play offense, I'd say hand me that Reese's. That might be a little extreme. Number five or number one. Number one. The the top thing I would do I would rather do than watch the Heat's offense is trade for James Harden. <laughs> Saw that one coming. Yeah, that was a. Well, it's. <laughs> Or <laughs> the Heat have lost their third straight game of the season. It's time to hand out some blame pie. David, where should we begin? I think I have an idea. Well, we've already talked about Jimmy Butler, so yeah. I guess we might as well go with that. Uh, I, I think ten slices to give out. Yeah, ten slices to give out. He gets a fair, healthy share of those. Yeah, and I mean we we were criticized for I, I guess lauding Bam Adebayo too much in uh, the loss to Minnesota on Saturday. But I think that uh, it, we can flip that script just as easily without Bam there. You would think that Jimmy would take up the scoring load, that he would show a little bit more. I don't know, just a, a big game against, if not a rival, a rival. Let's be honest. The Milwaukee Bucks are a right. rival just after everything that's happened in the playoffs over the last few years. Of the acquisition of Damon Lillard adds a new layer to the whole relationship there. I think Jimmy should have showed out a little better. So, I, I mean, I'm. Very comfortable giving him at the very least six slices of a plate pie. Just Too give many? him all ten. Just give him all ten. I don't even know who else to give him right. to. Like that's it the feels thing. Like-, like Lowry actually, you mentioned him before. This might have been his best game of the season. It's not saying oh, much. Eight that, points, yeah, four, assists, four rebounds. But at least he took five three pointers. Tyler Hero played great. Thomas Bryant didn't have a great game, but that's okay. He's the backup center. Orlando Robinson came in, and I actually thought played pretty good defense on Giannis in particular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thomas's Thomas's defense was part of the problem, I think. So he could he could get a slice for that. Kevin Love is Kevin Love at this point. So one one of six, one for five from three point range, five rebounds. That's problematic, but you don't have many options. It wasn't great. I mean, if you want to give one slice to Kevin Love, one slice to Thomas Bryant, I guess, like, I'm okay with it. And we can give eight to Jimmy Butler. But again, like, if Jimmy comes out and just gives some modicum of effort and and plays a decent game, you bench Thomas Bryant, 
who's a reserve anyway. I don't know what the expectations could be for him because you have Orlando Robinson. Okay, this other center is playing better. We can move him into the into the rotation, which is basically what they did. Orlando Robinson played more minutes than Thomas Bryant tonight. Kevin Love only played 18 minutes tonight. You could have moved him out, played more Jaime, played no, more Nikola Jovic, played more Josh Richardson, all these other guys. Like there was ways to just take those guys out of the game, which the Heat did, and it didn't matter as much, but there was just no way in the end to replace what you weren't getting from Jimmy Butler. And so that's why yeah. I'm almost just like give all 10 slices to Jimmy Butler because they would have figured it out the other way around. And honestly, I'm a little – I'm ready to give a slice to Eric Spolstra a little bit. And and I do think that there was a point, and I would bet mm-hmm. there was actually – I would bet that there was a point. The Heat had like seven three-point attempts in the first like 10 minutes of this game. It was awful. Like they were just – they were ignoring every three-pointer – out there and dribbling into contested twos. And I do think that there was a point where Spo said, Hey guys, we need to, we need to put these threes up like enough with the two pointers. And they ended up actually uh, putting up 34, three pointers for the game, which is a pretty decent number for this heat team. You'd like to get it closer to 40. Uh, but the fact that it just takes so much coaxing to get these guys to just shoot threes, it's a little bit on Spo. It's also just has to do with the roster construction. It's a little bit on Jimmy Butler who took two, three pointers tonight. Uh, but he's just and these were his first three pointers of the entire season. So I don't know. I, I I could I can hand out blame pie slices to other players, but I just I keep coming back to Jimmy. That's fair. I, I I'd rather be a little bit more even handed and just say eight to him and one to one each of uh, Kevin Love and Thomas Bryant. Fair okay or unfair, we can okay we can debate it. it. But yeah, um, I just also I don't know what the fix is. I don't. I mean, we're not gonna. I know we're going to save this conversation for tomorrow because I think we're at that point here. And I know a lot of our listeners want to already get into trade talk. And I think it's way too premature for that. I don't know that anything's likely to happen, but I just also don't know what the switch is. I mean, we're talking about Haywood Highsmith and as optimistic as you and I are on his impact. Like what's he going to do? Is Caleb going to make that much of a difference? Is he really a floor spacer? I mean, mm. he has to be at his very best to be considered that. And there's just no other options on Miami's roster. Like we saw them go the full gamut of p- available players tonight, and yeah, the, the reserves wind up providing a spark. But if Spo's still using the early part of the season, much like he did last year, to kind of get a feel for this roster and see which combination of players works, I don't know that we're quite there yet. But it's also kind of playing with fire a little bit, and no pun intended. But it's just you know you're, you're you don't want to go into too much of a deficit when it comes to the standings, especially given mm. the fact that no trade is likely coming, that's going to provide a boost for this roster down the road. And uh, I don't know. It's just, it's a little tricky. Um, yeah. What did you think? Or, I, three, let me yeah, off script a little bit. What did, what did you think of Josh Richardson's early minutes here today? His first game I'm, with back with Miami. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I thought he was solid. Look, he, he got some point guard reps. There was a point in the game where they were uh, Lowry and Tyler hero were off the court and he was running point. Uh, it's not my favorite use of Josh Richardson. I'd rather him be sort of that secondary ball handler who's attacking sort of rotating defenses off a, off a, off a, off a second side and things like that. But, you know, I, again, with him is there's a reluctance of, uh, to shoot threes. Like he only took two, three pointers. He missed both of them. That's sort of been the story of his whole career. Even his first stint in Miami, it was always like, Hey, green light, green light, green light. And he just kind of has this reluctance to do it. I need to just see him embrace that part of the game a little bit more i just there's too many players on this roster whose job it is to take threes who aren't doing it because we already know what you're going to get from bam and jimmy butler in that respect it's basically everybody else that has to contribute in that way i know i just turned the whole josh Richardson question into three-point shooting again but you know i I guess that's sort of my theme this season so far um 
It is. Uh, we got plenty of concerns that we're going to get to next when we get to your listener questions, including at what point will Jimmy Butler start playing like it matters? We're going to do that next here on Lockdown Heat. Today's episode is also brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy shows, theater events, whatever might be near you. Game Time is the option with their killer last-minute deals. They're all in prices and the views from whatever seat you might pick and their best price guarantee. Who doesn't want to get the best price available for whatever tickets? Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It makes it so easy. And again, I love that feature about being able to see exactly where you're going to be sitting from. I brought it up before, but it's so convenient. If there's going to be an obstruction, if you want to get a good view of the theater, if you want to go see the Imagine Dragons in concert or Green Day or whomever might be playing, Game Time is the option for you if you're going to go catch a Dolphins game or a Heat game. I don't know if you want to necessarily want to watch a Heat game. Ah, just kidding. Go watch the Heat. They're great. Uh, they're at least a fun experience live, even if they wind up being a little disappointing offensively. But right now, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA. You get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, create an account, redeem the code, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, and you get $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app every day. Tune in for the rest of the week. We're going to break down tomorrow more in-depth what it is that the Miami Heat can do the bounce back from this three-game losing streak. And, of course, look ahead to Wednesday night's home game against the Washington Wizards. We'll be talking about the new City Edition uniforms, uh, which will be revealed later this week, and um, what the Heat could do to win some games here. Let's get to these listener questions. Thanks to everybody who sent them in using that hashtag, AskLLHeat, on Twitter. Uh, and you can send these in, LockedOnHeatGmail.com. Ryan writes in, at what point will Jimmy start playing like it actually somewhat matters what happens in the regular season? David, what do you think? Can it happen as soon as Wednesday's game against the Brooklyn Nets? I think I misspoke and said it was the Wizards before. Brooklyn Nets Wednesday. Friday. Yeah, Yeah, Washington Wizards Friday. Friday. So can it happen? I mean, we got a three-game homestand coming up. Brooklyn on Wednesday, Washington Friday, and then Monday against the Lakers. I would – I hate to say it, but I would imagine – the game against the Lakers might be the one where we see this fully <laughs> realized version yeah. of Jimmy Butler. Oh, please uh, be sooner. I can't well, look, the I'm, Wizards, I'm switching. If it takes that long, I'm switching shows, David. You're going to be a solo host again. The Wizards are or something. Okay. Uh, the Wizards are uh, not a very good team. Um, so I don't know that we're going to get fully actualized Jimmy Butler on Friday night um, on Wednesday against the Nets. Those games have typically been very, very difficult. You know, you come back after a long road trip. You're just trying mm-hmm. to settle in. Very disappointing 0-3 road trip, especially after this where you were benched for the fourth quarter and kind of showed up by the reserves that really gave a damn a lot more than you did. I don't know. I don't, I, I'd don't. i love to be able to say that we have some kind of accurate gauge on this yeah. roster and this team, but it's still too early in the season. But it does follow a lot of similar patterns from last year, and last year was – wholly unpredictable like again jimmy butler was mostly good when he was out there and available but that was later on the season when it seemed to matter and care a little bit more so to answer the question i don't know that there's a specific answer if i had to guess yeah sure why not he's going to be a great version of jimmy butler on wednesday it's just a matter of figuring out Mm. 
who compliments him, who takes a step back, who learns how to play alongside when Jimmy's got the ball in his hands because it's a very different offense with Jimmy is driving to the rim and forcing shots there, putting pressure on Nick Claxton and whoever else is out there for the Brooklyn Nets. Does that reserve, you know, does that put Tyler in more of a catch and shoot role? Uh, is he coming off of screens that way? Like, what, what's the offense look like when Jimmy is fully engaged? But we'll see on Wednesday when he's back to back to normal, I guess. Um, there's sort of this idea out there that Jimmy Butler does start seasons slow and doesn't really care about the regular season and stuff like that. That's not necessarily true. Like last year in his first four games, this is what he averaged. 23 points on 49% shooting. 6.8 rebounds and 4.3 assists. This wasn't a guy who just coasted the first week of the season last year either. This is new. This is a new thing for Jimmy Butler. But I will say this. He doesn't really string together a ton of these games. Like this is might this might be like the worst stretch he's had in a couple of years, honestly. Yeah. Um last year you even look back like he had a thir- uh, 13 points on a 4 for 8 shooting night. Um, against Toronto in November and he got, I think he got injured in that game cause he didn't play after that. He was obviously hurt. Um, but then he bounced back for 25 points on 21 shots and then 18 points, 26 points, 30 points, 20 points. Like he could just turn it on pretty quickly when he's feeling right. You know what I mean? And so, uh, there was other, there was another game last year where he scored, um, 16 points. In a in a twenty three point loss to Philadelphia, bounced back for thirty three points. You know, like this is a guy who can sort of bounce back quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't know that's going to happen against Brooklyn. It just I don't like you said, coming off a road trip here, kind of a quickish turnaround. Uh, the Nets are long, and Jimmy Butler just doesn't seem to have a lot of lift. Like he's missing a lot of these shots short. He doesn't have the lift around the rim and all these things. Like he's not putting that pressure at the basket like that we're accustomed to seeing. So. Brooklyn with their length could give them some problems. I think Washington, I know that you said like, I don't know that he'll be motivated because they're so bad, but they might be so bad that he has not, no choice but to score 30 points. Hmm. Like they might be the worst defense I've ever seen. Like I saw this on, I said this on Locked on NBA last Friday. The Wizards gave up 126 points uh, tonight to the Celtics. And that was because the Celtics just stopped trying in the fourth quarter. Uh, they gave up 148 points in the first game of the season to the Pacers. Th- their defense is horrible. Like, Literally, Jimmy Butler might just fall into 30 points in that game. So hopefully that's one that, that could be a get right now. Now you think everything. Like if Miami has shown anything, it's the ability to pull defeat out of the jaws of victory. I don't know. If they, they could... lose to the Wizards, if they play down to that competition, hmm. that's I, it. It's I will I'll pull a Mike Mad Dog Russo and I'll retire. I'll retire. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm I'm so I'm so I'll be so done with this team. Um uh, I'll definitely switch podcasts um all right let's move on steve writes in why do heat fans keep we should, pay, we should make a little wager about that what you think i don't want to what are you going to bet that they uh lose to the wizards we, we talked about that we saw one of our fellow locked on hosts to uh engage in a, a, a unholy amount of uh, hot sauce uh i don't know if that's i don't know if this is hot sauce worthy yet like we've made where we make this we might make this a recurring theme throughout the season just place oh, random wagers where one of us has to take again we'll, we'll buy two Bottles of hot sauce will make wagers on every game, and whoever winds up losing that wager has to imbibe a certain amount of hot sauce. If it means I get to die by uh, the All Star, <laughs> I'll be okay with it. We might just get an ulcer. I don't know. Go I don't back. Like go dying. back to my list. Things I'd rather do than watch the Heat play offense. I'll rather drink a bottle of hot sauce. Drink a bottle of the bomb. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll do that just fine. Um, all right. <laughs> In terms of the question, 
Uh, did I even read the question? Steve writes in, yeah. why do Heat fans keep poo-pooing Duncan's game and contract? This is monstrous by him. Do we see more lineups with him and Tyler as three-point threats? Uh, quickly, Duncan Robinson's line tonight. Uh, I already closed out of it. Solid. I'm pull it yeah, out got here. It. Got it. Duncan Robinson, yeah, 11 points. Four or seven from the field. One of one from three-point range. Two of two from the line. So uh, overall, plus four in his 26 minutes. But uh, yeah, it was a that big was tonight's boost. game against the, bu- the Bucks. Yes. What am I looking at? All right. You sure? I got Duncan Robinson, six of 10, three for seven overall, 15 points. Well, maybe ESPN had it updated. No, that was that was their final. All right. Duncan Robinson. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was reading. Orlando Robinson. Okay. So, uh, six, <laughs> ten, six to 10. You're right. Six to 10, 15 points. There it was. That makes a lot of sense. Damn you, Robinsons. You screwed me more. more. All right. Uh, yeah. He's playing so, great this season, though. I think we can agree on that. Duncan? Yes. I think it's a little inconsistent. So, like, he just hasn't had a lot of opportunity. But, I mean, I think, you know, he struggled in the Detroit game, if I remember correctly, although he did mix and match his offense a little bit. That was a nice wrinkle. I think that's still going to be the norm moving forward. He had three made field goals that weren't three-pointers, so that's a good indicator of what he can provide. Are we going to see more lineups, to Steve's question, uh, with him and Tyler? We well, already there? are. I mean, he's part of that second unit, sort of let Tyler here line up. Yeah, but based on the fact that, again, they're missing Caleb Haywood, mm-hmm. Josh came back tonight, no BAM. Like, I, I don't know. It Like, we haven't talked about Nikola Jovic, really, but, I mean, he – Continue again in the fourth quarter with Milwaukee taking the foot off the gas, but he would look he looked really good in his play out there. I mean, pushing the pace again, creating opportunities, with, you know, spacing the floor with his ability to push the team with a fast tempo, you know, making the right pass, things of that I mean, sort. He played eight so minutes I, tonight. I don't, I just don't see him being part of the rotation when Highsmith and Caleb Martin are back. We can make the argument that he should be, but then we're kind of getting off, you know, the 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 topic here. But um, I. He still does. I think it's a little overstated what he's doing. Like the plus minus has kind of been a storyline. Like he was kind of writing, I shouldn't say writing the coattails because that's not fair because he was a very, he was a contributor to that second unit, but he wasn't like doing it himself either. And he still doesn't really finish as many plays as I'd like. Uh, but I think he's really good. I think he needs to be out there playing. I just don't know, like, is he a significant night to night part of the rotation? I just, this is not, not it's not even my opinion. Well, I just don't see it when everybody's healthy. Like we've already seen it. It kind of just ties in though to to Duncan. Like I don't I don't know that it's easy to predict exactly what his role well, in the Duncan rotation is going. Be. I think it's fair to say Duncan has to play. Like if you need to get more threes up, you're not really getting that. You're getting that a little bit from Highsmith and Caleb Martin, but you're not getting it to the same degree you would get from Duncan. Like you need three point shooting in this rotation. So I actually kind of think Duncan Robinson's minutes are pretty safe, even when those guys come back. Because again, I just. I don't think you can. I don't think you could replace him. I think you need a shooting. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do you think it's possible to see him get into the starting lineup at some point? Like, no, I think the starting Kevin lineup. Is, I think the starting lineup set. Haywood Highsmith could replace Kevin Love, but not Duncan. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think Duncan's a pretty. Good overall rebounder. I mean, and he'll hold his own against bigger types. And if he's able to avoid the foul trouble that's plagued him in the past, I think he could do it pretty good. Like there were some possessions that would be there. The Again, problem though is if if he's playing the the quote unquote power forward spot, like he is going to get in foul trouble. 
I don't know. I just I don't see I don't see Spo going with him because now you're putting him with Tyler and Kyle Lowry out there. Like op, like opposing starters are just going to pick at three different spots in that lineup. I just think defensively you're giving up too much. And there's no reason to like Duncan. You you have Tyler Hero in the starting lineup. If you can get Kyle Lowry to keep shooting threes like he's been doing, and you can get somebody like Kevin Love or Haywood Highsmith at least to make be a threat from the corner. Duncan Robinson coming off the bench is fine. I don't think the Heat's starting lineup is necessarily the problem. I I mean it is a problem, but it would be fixed if Jimmy Butler played better. You know what I mean? So, and if Bam was healthy, perhaps. Uh, doesn't sound like there's any long-term issues with Bam Adebayo and this hip contusion. Feels like they're being precautious tonight. He is expected to play Wednesday against the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, we will have a recap for you after that game from Kaseya Center. We'll have another episode for you uh, before then. For now, thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. And everybody. Happy Halloween.